Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. It's good to have you back with us on Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson. And if you were with us on the last episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, we want to conclude our subject of uh, answering questions about money, answering questions about wealth, prosperity, and what the biblical perspective is. But Pastor Steve, I have a question for you. This past week, I turned 39 Wow. How how do you do it, man? How do you get older? I'll let you know when I'm 39. Okay. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, this this season of life has been really interesting for me because uh last year my daughter got married. Um she'll be 20 here in a little bit. Uh she she got married and she's having a baby. And uh and she's having a baby next month. And I I I was corrected by one of my other children, when I said, yeah, I'm going to be a grandpa. And my other sibling, with a very pleased look on their face, said, oh, Dad, you already are a grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And so, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm processing. I really am processing. But this is not about me. This is about a... uh, about God's word, so I was I was kind of hoping for some help there, Pastor Steve. But um. <laughs> I don't like to discuss that. That means that I have to. I'm forced to realize my age, and I just you know I'm I'm 21 at heart, bro. That's all you need. Okay, to know. we're good. <laughs> all right, all right. That's that's my motto this year: to be 21 at heart again. <laughs> all right. Well, last time we we left off on a pretty serious note, just addressing um, both the people that manipulate the the people of God for their money. Televangelists, pastors, mm-hmm. ministry leaders, you know, Christian, pseudo Christian nonprofits. I mean, they're all over. Just turn on the TV and somebody's there making an emotional appeal mm-hmm. uh, to your emotions and, and taking advantage of your insecurities and your vulnerabilities. And so there was just really a challenge. You know, you're going to be accountable to God for, mm-hmm. for the manipulation of people, for their money, and, and the manipulation of a person's faith. And, you know, as, as a Christian who just wants to do the right thing and we're dealing with those insecurities, there's a message for us, too, that God has called us to a, a right way, a wise way to handle the, the resources that he's given us. And our life is not all about how much money is in the bank account. Wealth is not measured by, by ones and zeros. Wealth is measured by something so much more that lasts for eternity, as Jesus said in Matthew 6. We're storing up treasures in heaven, right? right? You can't take your money with you. You can't take your wealth with you. The status that you have on this earth has no bearing on your place in eternity. Mm. If you believe in Jesus Christ, whether you're rich or you're poor, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And so if you didn't catch that episode, go to ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com and take a listen to uh, what would be episode 58, talking about uh, answers uh, about money. But here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, just to recap, verse 6 says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, verse 8, to make all grace abound to you, so that having all uh, sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. 
His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. And he goes on just to, to praise the Corinthians about their generosity. So, Pastor Steve, reading this reminds me of how important it is to look at Scripture in context. How often, and, and you talked about this recently on an episode of Mike and Heather in the Morning with Key Radio, who we're so glad is a sponsor of this show, keyradio.org, a little bit of plug there. But when you're reading the Bible, it's easy for us. We just gravitate towards this for some reason to look at a verse and to make it say what we want it to say, mm. rather than looking at the context of of the entire passage, of who is writing it, and to whom they're writing it, and what the context of that culture and everything. We, we just kind of throw all that away, and we grab onto a verse that just says, oh, you know, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing an increase. So I just need to give more and give more money to this organization. And, and the organization or the leader of that, you know, that church or that TV show will say, give more, give more, because the Bible says you need to give more. And so what Let's look at this in context, Pastor Steve. What is the heart of Paul's message here to the Corinthian church? Well, I think the first thing he's doing is he's acknowledging that, you know, Corinth had an abundance. They were a commercial hub. They were a trade center in that part of the world. And so as as the gospel went in and people got saved, you know, rich people got saved. <laughs> and that's just, that's the reality, right? right? And people that had a lot of money. And so as God was turning their heart and changing their heart, they had these resources and and they were willing and made promises and said, hey, we want to help those that are in need. You know, what can we do? And so they made some promises to Paul. And Paul says in the first part, chapter nine, hey, I'm, I'm get get ready for, for the promise that you've mm-hmm. given. I'm going to send some people to you, have the gift ready so so that we can go forward. So so the, the first thing to understand is that is that these were people that got saved, that had money, that were wanting and willing to do it, right? right? And so when he says... Um, the point in all this is that whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. This is what we talked about in episode one, that there is a law in this with God. And, and it's not, God isn't making a, a repayment plan here. He's not right. saying, now if you sow, as, as a lot of, you know, false teachers will say, the repayment for you is you're going to get. That, that is not what he's saying. He's establishing a spiritual law that says basically, if I plant five seeds, that are apple seed trees, I'm going to get five apple trees. I'm not going to get 10, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, 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 and the same thing is true when it comes to um, sowing you know, money spiritually for helping people. If I sow sparingly, if I sow you know, 10 bucks, I'm going to receive the return of 10 bucks. It's not like, it's not a bad thing. He's just stating the obvious, right? right? That, and so if I sow sparingly, I'm going to reap sparingly. But if I give bountifully, I'm going to reap bountifully, not as a reward. It's just the law of giving. And here's Hmm. why that's important, Keith, because when people tap into the reality of this that that Malachi actually refers to, right? When people tap into the reality of this, they see that God's law on giving is really centered around this idea of his goodness, Right. right? That, hey, here's how good I am. 
you will you will get back to you what you give, not as a reward, as grace, yeah. but it's something that God has, has has instituted. And so, for us, when we talk about you know giving, we we, we talk about n- number one, we we give to the storehouse, our church. We 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 tithe, right now. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of you know debate about that. Tithe means ten percent. Do we give ten percent? Do we give? You know, if if you want the New Testament concept of giving, it's give everything you have. That's what the widow did, right? right? right. So obviously, God's not calling you to give everything you have. He's saying, listen. If if you only give out of your abundance, there's a deeper heart issue right. that, that 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 God wants to deal with. If if you get at give out of your desire to worship God, then then really that's what God's looking for. That that's the heart behind mm. it. So that's mm. the part where he says, Let every man determine in his own heart what he's gonna give. If you can give joyfully and liberally five percent of your income because it's just man, it's it's you know, it's just, this is what I want to give you, Lord, then you will get back to you what God, what, you know, that the, the benefits of that or of the law concerning that, mm-hmm. right? But let's say you want to give 20% of your income, then you will get back. That law still remains. The point is there's a deeper issue, which is the heart issue of God. And the, the legalistic side of this says that I'm going to give 10% because that's the that's that's what we do. That's the right thing. But, but Jesus talked about that when he said, look, you, you, you tithe, you're meant and you're coming, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, right? Like mm-hmm. justice mm-hmm. and so forth. And so the whole point behind giving, Keith, is, you know, for our family, we've given 10% because we think that's a good starting point, right? But there's times where we've given, you know, 5%. And then there's times where we've given more, you know, it's, mm. there isn't a legalistic requirement. It's a heart requirement that God's looking at. Yeah. And Paul is talking here about living out the gospel in every way of our life, including our finances. And he talks about the fruit of that towards the end of Second Corinthians chapter 9. But as I was just looking at this text, I realized when he's talking to the Corinthian believer about giving their income to the sake of seeing the gospel furthered in mm. other places, in other communities, in the lives of other believers, in the lives of unbelievers in other communities. He says that when we do this, God will increase the harvest of our righteousness. Amen. That means that my mindset on what is right, you know, how to think, how to how to believe and how to do right, God will actually increase the harvest of righteousness personally for each one of you. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every mm. way. That's not just money. That's time. That's service. That's that's commitment to the poor. That's commitment to my fellow believer. That's uh, generosity in in intangible ways um, that can't be measured by dollars. It says here that it'll produce thanksgiving to God. God is glorified when we give the right way to the right things. Um, it says that the saints that receive this gift that there was an overflowing in thanksgivings to God. Hmm. Right. So these are all. Th- this has nothing to do with money. It says, by the approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ. Verse 13, they are rejoicing. This church is thankful. They're glorifying God because you are believing and living the gospel through your giving. That's right. That's right, Keith. And I'll say this, too. You know, along those exact same lines you just said, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give. And only suffers want. Mm. You know, when we don't give, you know, to the church, to the needs of others, we oftentimes, the motive behind that is because 
Yeah, it might be because we're we're stingy or greedy or whatever, but usually it's because we say we can't afford to give it. Right. right? We, we need to withhold what we should give. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. The very motive or reason we're not giving because we can't afford, that proverb says you continue to remain in that state, thinking that you giving it will relieve you, but it actually keeps you there in God's economy, mm-hmm. whereas the one who freely gives, he grows richer. I mean, this is the same law. This is threaded throughout the, you know, through, throughout the entire scripture, the idea that when I release in faith and, and, and I use that language, you know, <laughs> because it's the same language that's used by, by false teachers. But when I do give in faith, and that's what it is, Keith, it's faith. What I am saying is, look, God, I am giving you every part of my life, not mm-hmm. just my time, which is very valuable, right. not just my talent, which, you know, you've given to me, but my treasure. When I release every part of my life, you know, in a responsible way, you are not only glorified, you're never outgiven. You, you, God always, according to his law, returns back, not as payment, not as reward, but just as the, just as, as law. This is what I've put in place, right? And so I've never seen a very generous person, Keith, who's generous with their money and their time. I've never seen that person in absolute poverty, never being able to feed himself. I, I Maybe it exists. I've just never seen that. I've seen the poorest of people give what they don't have and God just blesses them back, right? you know? Right. And so, and isn't that what he says in Malachi? That is what he says. And we'll talk more about this on the other side of the break. What he is talking about, I like, and I like how you, you use this phrase and you're taking it back, Steve. We're going to take it back. You're releasing in faith. What we're doing is we're, we're releasing the grip on what we have called ours, that we say has belonged to us. Now we're releasing it and saying, God, it's yours. And whatever you want me to do with this, I will do with this because it's not mine. It's yours. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So you were talking, Pastor Steve, about the principle of giving found in Malachi chapter 3. And if, if you've spent any time in church and if you've listened to Christian radio or watched people, you've, you've heard this scripture, and you've probably, unfortunately, heard it out of context. And, you know, just as a pastor and a Bible teacher, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I'm really sorry that when you hear that scripture, there's a, uh, there's a cringing, there's a regret, you know, in, in your mind. You know, there's, there, you know, you just, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, you know, obviously every, every person who handles the Word of God as a teacher, uh, there is a higher accountability and they are responsible for how they use it. Um, but it is our heart as we open the Word of God just to say, God, what are you really saying to us? And so here's the scripture, um, Malachi chapter 3. Well, let's just start in verse 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Because there's promises that God made to his people, and he's going to keep. And in this time of judgment, he's not going to wipe them out. From the, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. 
I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord. This is a very familiar passage, again, when we're talking about the principle of giving to God's economy, giving to God's work. He says, he calls it the storehouse. And in the New Testament context, we understand the storehouse to be the church. Um, that, that, is, that is an avenue by which we are able to give to God uh, for the furthering of his kingdom, for the furthering of his work. But, but he says something here. He says that you are cursed with a curse because you're robbing me. Mm. You know, that God, God doesn't need anything, right? And, and God, God doesn't owe man anything. But from a perspective of creator to creation and what the creation was made to do, yes, the people of Jacob he's talking about in this passage, but he's also talking to us. Like we, There is something we owe God back as his creation. Why did he make us? He made us to worship him. He made us to honor him. He made us to walk humbly before him. He made us to be in fellowship with him. And he sent Jesus. That's the heart of the gospel. He sent Jesus to be the reconciler of that broken relationship because of sin. So as his people, we can still be disobedient to the purpose that he's called us to. In mm. this case, he's saying, you guys, you guys are robbing me. Mm. You know, this is, this is what I commanded you to do, and you're not doing it. You're robbing me. And because of it, you are being devoured. Because of it, you are not seeing fruit on the vine. Because of it, you are full of need. And he says here, he says, test me in this. Whoa, that's mm. serious. Bring the full tithe. And he says this, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessing until there's no more need. Mm. You know, as a family, we, and you mentioned you do the same thing, we do give, you know, a tithe of what God has provided for us. And that doesn't matter how much we went, we make. We've just determined mm. this is our tithe. And whether it's a little or a lot, we will always honor the Lord with that amount. And when we moved to Utah, eight and a half years ago, we moved here with practically nothing. We left most of what we had in North Carolina and put everything in an eight and a half by five trailer. And now here we are, you know, eight, eight plus years later, and I cannot park a car in my garage. <laughs> I have two sheds in my yard that are full of stuff. And you there's bigger just, barns, brother. <laughs> I need bigger barns. Right. And, and, and my wife and I, we laugh about it because some of it's just the accumulation of junk, but also, I mean, I think, you know, like there's there's a there's a baby crib and a changing table in there for my daughter getting ready mm. to have a baby. We didn't buy that. Somebody mm. gave that. Somebody heard and gave that to us. You know, I just think of those things. They're not things we asked for. They're they're things that we said, God, we we're just going to take you at your word. We're not yeah. going to overanalyze it. We're not going to sit here and get into the the nitty gritty of it. We're just going to believe that what you said is true, and we're we see the blessing of that. And yeah. that's not to say that every paycheck and every Every month is a great, fantastic financial month, but it is right. to say that at the end of the day, my children are clothed, we have a roof overhead, our bills are paid, and we have some extra. And I don't know how God does it, but he does. But yeah. he said right here, go ahead, put me to the test in this. Yeah. You said something a few minutes ago, Keith. You said that we owe God. Hmm. You know, Scripture lays that out, and it's not just within the context of money. You know, when I talk about time, talent, and treasure, Scripture tells us, redeem the time, right? We, we are called to honor God with our time. We're called to honor God with our talent. The Bible talks about God giving gifts to every man for the benefit of all, right? right? We're called right. to honor God with that. There, there's, in other words, when Romans 12, 1 talks about being a living sacrifice, the idea is what we owe God is our whole life, every mm. part of it, mm. including the money 
part, including the finances, right? right? And so for me, I look at this kind of like what Proverbs chapter 3 says. Proverbs 3 says, verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine, Mm. right? It's this idea that it's an honorable thing to God. It's, it's the way we honor him. We don't pay him back. Nobody can pay back God. I mean, he's given you life, you know, particularly eternal life if you're a Christian, but it's a way we honor him. We show a worship to him. We, mm. we glorify him. But yet it's a very touchy subject for a lot of people because they have been burned by it. We, we just kind of, when it comes to that area, that's like the off limits area. In fact, right. as a pastor, I know you, you probably felt this, maybe you haven't. It's an uncomfortable topic for me to address when we have to talk about it, right? right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm addressing it in the wake of a lot of abuse. And I know it resides in the hearts of people. Yet when I come across it in scripture, that's when I teach it. And you've yeah. got to be faithful to it, you right? Do. We, we don't, do. we don't pour it into every single message, but if it's going to be talked about, we're going to say, look, it's an honorable thing to God. When we do that, right? right. And, and like any other thing that we're to honor God with, you know, I also don't want this to, to, to be self-condemning for, 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 or, condem- or condemning for people who are listening, but we do become dull at times to the things God wants, and we, we will slip in this area. And so if you're listening and you could say, you know, there was one time when I used to do this, but I just really kind of, you know, uh, and I've kind of slipped in it, I would just say, look, return. return to what you were doing before your first works go back to giving faithfully watching god do a a a work again and and an understanding that it's not you repaying god because god has given all things to you freely and it's an act of his grace it's a way of you honoring god that's right and 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 i think that's important that that is so important i think that was the heart of paul's message back in second corinthians 9 verse 11 he says that when we give this way he says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, hmm. right? So in every area of life, God is not looking for just generosity with money. That's right. God is looking for generous lives, people who reflect as his image bears the generous heart of God mm-hmm. to one another. Jesus said that the Christians are going to be known to the world because they love one another, right? Mm. The generosity of love. And, and and this is a holistic thing, and we have compartmentalized, and in the church we've allowed it to be normal to compartmentalize the issue of financial stewardship and giving because we're afraid of offending people when God is not calling us to compartmentalize our life and give a part of it to him, give even 90, you know, 90% to him, right? He's calling for 100% right. of our lives. And so if it's your money, if it's your time, if it's your gifts, um, if it's the good news, we've been given the good news. And there are people in your life right now who are dying mm. apart from Christ That's who right. need you to be generous with the gospel. That's right. And so so hear the heart of this. This is not a talk about give more money. Yeah. This is a talk about get back to the basics of what has God given you? A man once told me, Keith, he said, isn't it so good and gracious of God that he gave you 90% of your income? Wow. That he allows that is, you to spend 90% of your income. What an amazing act of grace. Wow. And I thought, huh. And the other 10, God uses to further the gospel in the world. Yeah. I've heard a statistic, and we'll close with this, that if all the churches, all the people who profess faith in Christ and all the churches in the United States gave 10% of their income, doesn't matter how much they make, if every Christian in a, in a Bible-believing church gave 10%, then we could eliminate the welfare system. We could fix the homeless problem. Wow. We could fix the healthcare problem just from the church. If the mm. church, when you look at, and, and that is a huge call to each one of us that God has already given us 
the resources to further his kingdom. And you may say, well, I don't have very much. Well, God's not looking for very much. He's looking for obedience, for willingness, for total surrender that says, okay, God, my whole life is yours. And when you give financially, you will see generosity overflow in so many more areas of your life, and you'll see God's blessing for it. So thank you so much for joining us on this little bit of a difficult topic here, uh, but we're we're glad that the Word of God speaks to it and that we can learn through it together. Uh, you can listen to this broadcast again and all other broadcasts of Shouts of Grace Radio at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is a joint outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 